If you want to follow along, we will be in Numbers, uh, chapter 6, verses 22 through 27. This is the NIV version. Give you a second. And it's also up there. The Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron and his sons, This is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. So they will put my name on the so they will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. The word of the Lord. All the time? Oh, there it is. Yes. Yes, I can dance with this mic on. Uh, <laughs> um, so we continue uh, today in our current short series called Shining Light, um, where both God is shining his light upon the people of the world, upon us, his people, the church, and also, we are shining our light, reflecting God's light in the world. And so, um, it's a good, this is a, the period of epiphany in the church calendar for many of you, depending on what tradition you come from. And uh, epiphany means light um, and revelation. Um, and it's, it signifies the time when Jesus uh, was born, bringing the light of the world into the world. What was that? Um, but we're in number six, um, but a little bit about me, I'll share a little glimpse into the brain of Pastor Dave Sim, uh, but when I was a kid, my parents, <laughs> my parents had a hard time with me because I would be running around church, my father was a pastor, I'd be running around, being really hyper, and I wouldn't sit, sit still, I'd never look you in the eye, I'd be here and there, here and there. And at, in those days, they didn't really have, you know, the terms for ADHD. I mean, it was, you know, it's, it was early in the days, now it's like everyone has it, right? It seems like. Uh, but uh, they went, took me to the doctor and like, what do we do with this kid? He just doesn't behave, he can't pay attention, he's hyperactive. And, they, and the doctor said, just give him a bunch of coffee. And so from an early age, I've been drinking coffee. I've been drinking since first grade, you know, and, and back then I put a lot of that powdered cream in with like a ton of sugar and the styrofoam cup, you know, a small styrofoam cup. And... Uh, um, that's, that's how, um, uh, that's how it went. And to this day, I'm still addicted to coffee. I still put a lot of sugar and a lot of cream in my coffee, but it helps me to focus. Um, another part of the story is in college, you know, you know, a, a girl that I dated was like, I'm drawn to you. <laughs> I don't know why, but I think I'm drawn to your chaos. Uh, and so you can tell that my life was full of chaos and my executive functioning wasn't completely there. But God has done a work inside me and has been working really hard. Like, 
I'm this put together because, you know, I've worked hard at it and people have been praying and because of coffee. I've already had three cups of coffee today. So that's me. But as we talk about shining light and the light of God, one of the most pivotal passages and like the foundational passage in scripture is the light at creation. Amen. In the beginning, the very first verse in scripture, in the beginning, what, what is it? What is it? <laughs> See what I mean? It's like, where's my outline? Okay. Um, right? The earth was formless and void, right? There's chaos all over, and the Spirit of the Lord hovered over the waters. And so in the Hebrew, light and darkness symbolize order and chaos. And isn't it interesting that God's creation that power to bring life and animation into the world was all about bringing order into chaos. Order into chaos, right? God said, let there be coffee upon the waters, right? <laughs> now he said, let there be light, right? And then each successive verse, each successive day is about delineation, right? Boundaries, putting lines, separating day and night, separating water and the land, right? Distinctions and boundaries, saying, the gar this is the garden, eat, eat of anything, but except not this tree in the middle, right? There's freedom and there's boundaries. There's order, and that's how God's creation brings life and animation to the world. So the light of God in the, in the mind of the Hebrew, the ancient, was bringing order into chaos. Light, God's light. Um, which I can really resonate with how God uh, in my life has brought order and guidance, a light upon my path when I have felt chaotic in my life or chaotic in my heart and mind. God has focused me. God has guided me. God has given me discernment. And God has blessed me. And if this passage has sounded, sounds really familiar, it's because many of you in your churches, if you've grown up in the church, that's the priestly benediction. So a lot of pastors at the end of service will raise their hands and say, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace, right? That's called the priestly benediction. And the reason why it's called the priestly benediction is because the Lord here in number six is commanding the sons of Aaron who were the priests of the Israelites at the time. His, his sons were the priests. Aaron is Moses' relative, right? And he's telling the priests of Israel to... Bless the people by raising your hands um, and saying this to them so that his name will be put on his people and that he can bless them in that way. And so in, our Christ, in the Christian context, we have that blessing. An interesting story, side note, is that this blessing is also uh, continued today in the Jewish tradition. Um, where uh, priests and rabbis will bless, uh, rabbis will bless the people uh, with the priestly blessing, um, or fathers in J Jewish homes will bless the family and their children. 
Um, and the way that it's often done is hands will be raised and they'll do the blessing of Spock, right? So I can't, <laughs> I can't do it. Who can do it? Who can do? There you go. Right? What, is, uh, what does Spock say when he greets people? He says, live long and prosper. And, um, you know, and doing some research, that actually comes from that Jewish blessing um, that he, you know, he did th that same thing. So live long and prosper comes from this priestly blessing. And I can't do it because my fingers don't move independently like that. Um, but, um, so that's a funny side story. If for all you Trekkies out there, Star Trek fans. Um, but next slide. These are the Ketafinam scrolls. So in 1979, uh, there was an archaeological site, an archaeological dig southwest of the old city of Jerusalem. And they found um, these silver scrolls. They're actually hard silver. And they were rolled up and people were like, Museums and other people were like, oh, we don't want to roll, unroll it because it could destroy them. But finally, uh, they unrolled it. And when they unrolled it, they discovered um, that there was Hebrew text and it was num from number 6, 20, uh, 24 through 26, this priestly blessing. And so it's considered one of, uh, it predates, it's like 600 BC, it predates the Dead Sea Scrolls, and it's one of, considered one of the most, you know, significant findings for biblical studies, uh, just because also in that room was found a lot about how the Hebrew alphabet worked. And if you know Hebrew text, uh, a lot of the text, it's not just words, right? You're writing something but it's actually formulaic. It actually, you know, has symmetry and poetry, and there's number numerology involved. Like the number of letters is equal to, right, the the place of that letter in the alphabet. So things such as that. And so they discovered a lot about the Hebrew language um, through these scrolls and others that they discovered. Um, but just in my like small research uh, over this stuff, uh, it's ju it's just amazed me and blew my mind, like how ancient um, our God is, how how ancient and yet alive still today. Like as we discover these um, words of blessing that the priests. Uh, the sons of Aaron's gave to the people of Israel, they actually discovered that in writing. And it points to Yahweh, the Yahweh that we read in Genesis, Exodus, in the Torah. Uh, it, it points to the God that was living and present and blessing his people. And so we want to look at this uh, passage a little more deeply so that we can be blessed, amen, um, as we... Uh, and you'll never look at, you know, this benediction uh, the same way again, hopefully. Um, but um, just by organization, if you can hit the next slide. Um, so verse 27 and verse 22, verse 22 to 23. Uh, can you hit the next slide? Did I not move that? There you go. So there's a preface 
preface and a postscript. So if you look at the uh, verse 22 to 23, this is, uh, the Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron and his son, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them, this is a command given to the priests of Israel. And the priests of Israel were the ones who stood in the gap between the people and God himself to convey the word of God, to convey the law of God. And these priests were to pronounce Lifting up their arms, pronounce the blessing of God on the people. And like I said, to this day, um, it's done every year in the Jewish community and in Jewish homes. Uh, this blessing is pronounced by the Father upon his children. And um, the other thing to note is that the word for God, the Lord here, is Yahweh. So, uh, in the Torah, you either in the in the Old Testament, you either get Elohim or or Yahweh um, for the name of God. And in this particular instance, in this passage, it's Yahweh that's used. And Yahweh points us to or reminds us of it's like the covenant name of God. So it reminds the people of God, the covenant-keeping Lord. Reminds the people that hey, you are in a relationship with Yahweh who promises to take care of you, who promises to walk alongside you, who promises always to be present with you as long as you claim his name, claim his identity upon you, claim yourself as the people of God, God will walk with you in that covenant. And even when you mess up, even when you're an infidel, right? Even when you're faithless, God will still, in his magnanimous grace, still restore covenant with you. Although we forget, 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 God will still be faithful. Yahweh. Are you with me, church? Um, so, in this sense, it's the blessing in this, in this uh, preface it's a blessing that God wants his people, his people to have. And the you, the Lord bless you, actually is singular, not, not plural in this. So not necessarily bless all of you out there, but God is, wants to bless you and you and you and you and you. Each person individually, he has that intimate relationship, that intimate covenant. It's, it's something that you can, we can claim as our own right now. Let's claim that God is our God. God is your God. And we're under the name of God. Amen? And then in the postscript, verse 27, so they will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. Right? Um. It's more than uh, when God puts his name upon the Israelites. It's more than just um, God's name is on us. But the Hebrew for name here is Shem, which speaks of his presence being with the one whom his blessing rests, right? So as God is blessing us under his name, Shem, He's saying, I will be with you wherever you are, 
and wherever you go, right? That my presence is upon you and will be with you. My blessing will rest upon you, and that blessing is my presence. And so, uh, right, in the Exodus, God was present with the people of Israel throughout the 40 years, right? Even when they were wandering, even when they were lost, even when they were hungry, even when they were thirsty in the desert, he showed them his presence. He guided them. He was with them. And the promise of his presence was even more the point of the, of the promise than the actual land that they would, the promised land. But the true promise was his presence, right? It's not the presence I give you, the gifts I give you. Like, don't you just want to be with me? <laughs> like, hang out with me? Drink tea with me? Watch Netflix with me? Right? That's, that's the presence of God. Uh, that's the end, the end game. <sighs> so after this preface and postscript, postscript next slide, this blessing is divided into three parts, right? And there's a lot of interesting things, right? One thing to note is that 24, 25, 26 are three blessings. In the Hebrew, each blessing gets longer, right? And builds upon the previous blessing. And so if you count the actual words in the Hebrew, it goes, what does it go? Three, five, and seven. So increasing in the number of words, and those add up to 20, which is the 20th, or adds up to 15, sorry. And the 15th letter in the Hebrew alphabet was something, I'll let you look it up, or I'll send a link for you. Um, it gets really crazy and interesting. Um, but there's this building up. The thing that I want to glean from this is the building up, right? The building up of momentum and endurance. Uh, energy, like the tides, like a tidal wave, like a tsunami that's building up his blessings and blessings and blessings, right? Not only does God want to bless you, bless us, bless his people one time, but he's going to come back with more and more and more and more until it's a tsunami wave. It's a storm of blessings coming up at us like an unstoppable wave, right? Because when God blesses, it's not just small, right? It's not, we're not talking about a scarcity mentality. We're talking about in abundance, amen? When God blesses, <coughs> I'm speaking too loudly. When God blesses us, it's not like crumbs, right? If we think it's crumbs, even the crumbs, right? He blesses us with fullness. He blesses us with overwhelming grace and mercy. Overwhelming grace and mercy and goodness and provision and protection, right? So there's a building up. And if we were to look at the first blessing, verse 24, the Lord bless you and keep you. Uh, and as I mentioned, the Lord is Yahweh here. Um, and this has the connotation as opposed to Elohim. 
um, of God's attributes of love and mercy. So when we hear Yahweh, it's the covenant, covenant name of God, but also kind of the loving, merciful God as compared to Elohim, which has more of a connotation of God's justice and power. And again, the, uh, or the word bless, the Lord bless you here, and the Hebrew word is Baruch, uh, which speaks of um, the desire and ability to give both material and spiritual blessings, of so material and spiritual <laughs> blessings. Um, and in the Hebrew, Baruch means, actually literally means to kneel down, right? To kneel down. God, like a father, kneels down before a child with arms stretched out in grace and mercy, right? He's kneeling down. You would expect God in his power to be like raised up and we're like, oh, but God in his blessing, Yahweh, the loving and merciful God, there's an intimacy there, right? There's a coming down to our level and embracing us in this blessing so we're not to just look at it as this, oh, he's blessing us, bless, hashtag blessed, 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 right? It's more like blessed, right? I embrace you, I love you, I hug you. <clears throat> the Hebrew for keep you is shamar, uh, and it speaks of guarding us, right? God is guarding you. God is protecting you. God is taking good care of you. Um, this connotation of guarding, just like a shepherd in the wilderness would uh, protect his sheep from predators that would take the life of his sheep. So a shepherd is protecting God, um, is a shepherd protecting us. And then this the second part. I think this is pretty cool. <laughs> um, the he Hebrew for, uh, uh, where am I? The Lord, uh, second blessing, second blessing. Second blessing, verse 26, the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. The word face here is plural. Not singular, so a lot of commentators talk about the, the presence of the Trinity um, in this, right? The Lord turn his Trinity face, Trinitarian face towards you, his three, the, the, the hydra of the Trinity. Um, I don't know if that's actually a, right, theologically correct. It's not a, simply a hydra. It's like three persons in one, all God, uh, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit um, are involved in constantly looking at you, constantly interested in you, right? Like those days when we wanted to please a parent or please a leader or please a boss, right, and we, or a teacher, and we wondered if they would call on us when we raised our hand or if that person would look turn their gaze to us and pay attention to us. Oh, they see me. Oh, they're paying attention to me. That's, that's the image here. God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is paying attention 
to us, paying attention to you, turning his gaze upon you, that same gaze of love and mercy and protection, turning to you, paying attention to you. Man, this blessing is getting juicy and good, right? And then final, uh, uh, turn his face towards you and give you peace. Uh, and of course, you may be asking um, what this peace is. The peace here. Oh, this is the second blessing. This is the. Sorry, I, I mixed up. Can you go back to the scripture? The whole thing. Yeah, I, I, just the whole thing because it's off. <sighs> the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. That's what I missed, the second blessing. The second blessing in verse 25. Uh, face is plural, like I said. And make his face shine on you, right? Shine on you is that same image of light, right? Let there be light, bringing order um, in the darkness and chaos, and this is what happens spiritually when his face or panim uh, turns upon us. His face is the source of illumination in our lives, in the world. His face is the light of the world, the light on our path. And the Hebrew word for shine, um, coming from the word light, um, also speaks of God's wisdom, right? The blessing is that God's wisdom will enlighten you and his wisdom will guide you and act as a light for your path through light. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path, right? He's promising to be with us and promising in that being with us to guide us to light our path. Do you want the wisdom of God to direct you and guide you through all of your life? Amen. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah, especially if we are lost and confused as many of us are or have been. um, We need the guidance of God, the light of God on our path. Um, And then the Hebrew word for gracious here, lots of Hebrew words and uh, language stuff, uh, speaks of his grace and favor. So, the Lord shine his light on you, his face, his countenance on you, and be gracious to you. May he, his grace and favor go with you, right? And grace, we all know that, or we should understand it. Grace, theologically, is the easiest concept to understand, but the hardest to receive, right? That's what I like to say, right? Grace, because uh, he's saying, what God is saying is he wants to bless you even though you've done nothing to deserve it, right? That's grace. He just wants to bless you anyway because he loves you. So we get that as followers of Jesus. Oh, grace of God. We don't deserve it. It's a gift. But yet in our lives, in our faith, in our walk, in our discipleship, we continue to strive, right? I somehow need to work for this. I somehow need to clean my life up. I somehow need to achieve, you know, faithfulness in order to be worthy 
of God's grace, right? But that's like slapping the hand of the giver away. It's like when you've spent all this time making a special present for that person that you love, you're like, all my time and energy thinking about that person, and I'm like, here you go, Leo, it's, I made this for you. And he says, oh, no, no, no. And like slaps it away and it breaks on the ground. You're like, oh, right? But that's how it is with grace sometimes. We refuse the power of God because we just can't help it. We want to be in control. And sometimes it's just, hey, lift up your palms and receive it. You don't deserve it. Still, he gives his life away. His reckless love. Like the, you remember the tidal waves in the tsunami. God's blessing and reckless love is continuing to pursue us, to chase after us. And he just wants us to swallow it in and drown in his grace and mercy. Amen? Oh, I'm trying to stay, stay tied together because I'm about to go off. Um, that's grace. Verse 6, the face... The face here, the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Not only is it plural there, uh, but it's also an indication of our heart's attitude, his heart's attitude, right? When we're angry with someone, we may turn our face away from them, right? And even in Scripture, it talks about the Lord turns his face away. Um, but, or when we consider ourselves, what, superior to someone, an underling, we turn our face to look down upon them, or maybe we turn our noses up in snobbery. Um, but here, God is actually lifting his face to us, right? So we're reminded that he's kneeling down. He may, in, in his blessing, he may be actually kneeling down and turning his face up to us. Um, the actual Hebrew word used here is nasa, and it means to lift up and carry you, right? God's, uh, the Lord turn his face and lift you up, right? As he's gazing upon you. <clears throat> um, this shows us a love and acceptance, right? Like a, like a father and his children. Um, when we have turned away from God, and have walked in a different direction. We've know we've done wrong. We want forgiveness. We're repentant, and um, we're sorry for something. God won't turn His face away from us, but will always have His face turned towards us, like a loving father to their child. Right, and in this turning the face to us. And like, as I, I said before, the image of kneeling before us, there, isn't that an intimate, very intimate picture, right? It's, it's less a transaction, right? I have sinned. Forgive me for my sin. That's what God did for us. But more of, man, I did wrong, and I feel away from home, and I want to come back home, right? It's like the story of the prodigal son and the father receiving 
the child into his arms and restoring him. It's an intimate picture, right? God wants to bless us intimately, personally. It's a, a spiritual intimacy. That's good news, amen? It's good news that God seeks to show us his face, his presence, his intimacy to be in relationship with us. But not just with us in this room, but with the us's out there. God wants to show his face to our friends and our neighbors, to shine the light of his blessing and his intimacy, right, and his mercy and his care and longing for all people to return to him, to come home, right? And we are also reflections of that light and that blessing. As we are blessed, we go out to be blessings out there. Wasn't that the call of the people of Israel in the first place? It wasn't merit. It wasn't blood. It wasn't genetics. It wasn't because they were, you know, people that were so good, right? Actually, you know, you read the Old Testament and the people of Israel were dysfunctional, right? Very dysfunctional. But God blessed them so that they could be a blessing to what? To all the nations. And in the same way, God shows his face to us so that we can reflect and show his favor and face and mercy upon people around us. Are you with me, church? And finally, uh, the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace, and you know it's coming. That word peace there is shalom, right? And you may have heard the ancient Hebrew word shalom. Um, it's more than the absence of conflict. It means peace, but it's more than just the absence of conflict, but the full restoration of relationship, right? It's a mutuality, a mutual agreement and movement towards wholeness and relationship. Like, I don't just want us to be good, you know? Let's just be civil. It's let's restore the relationship between us. And if I hurt you or took something away from you, let me restore that, right? Let's change the way things are and the way things God wants it to be. So shalom in the sense means much more. It means wholeness, completeness, soundness, health, safety, and prosperity. Caring, um, and it carries with it the implication of permanence, right? Shalom. We are all striving to be in God's shalom, right? Things aren't the way they're supposed to be, but God is working to restore all things and reconciling people to himself and reconciling people to one another, right? Where there is injustice in the world, God wants shalom. Where creation is being destroyed, right, and pollution is destroying God's creation, God wants shalom, right? Where people, nations are uh, attacking other nations and tearing people away from their homes, God wants shalom, amen? Where people are being beaten in the streets, where people are unjustly accused or detained or incarcerated, God wants shalom, and we see that in Scripture, the freedom 
to the captives, those who are in chains, unleashing the prisoners. That was Jesus's, right, when he came into his ministry, release of the captives, right, food for the poor, healing. That, that is shalom, and that is God's magnanimous. That's how he wants to bless the world and bless all people. Are you with me, church? Amen. Amen. It was awesome. Uh, I taught the youth Bible study Wednesday, and we went through um, all the places in the Bible that talk about justice, God's justice and mercy and heart for the poor, the widow and the orphan, and we had a great discussion about that, and then we watched the Bible Project video, YouTube video on Shalom, and they loved it. They like, we don't want you to teach. Can we keep watching video, these videos? It's like, yeah, it's like, does the work for me? Um, but it was great, but it was good to hear the youth just share their experiences of who are the marginalized around them or where are the broken places in their schools or how they have experienced racism or discrimination or brokenness in their relationships and to just be able to point them towards, but this is not what God wants in the world and we are agents of Salom. Um, So this is the priestly blessing, and I hope this was informative. And as when we do a benediction uh, today or in the future, um, may you think about all of this as God is blessing you and calling you, which is that last part, calling you by his name. We are identified by God. Amen. Let's pray. God, thank you for your blessings that abound and your mercy and your grace and all of the gifts that you have for us and the ways that you've provided for us. And even when we're lost, even when we are in darkness or even when we don't know it, we feel like we lack or we're mourning, we're in lament or things just don't seem to be right or we're in despair or it's raining too much in Seattle. Uh, we're, when, are the, when is this gray clouds going away? Even when we're in those places, um, you are sending your waves and currents and tidal waves of blessing and grace upon grace and love upon love and provision upon provision to us. Help us to receive what you have for us so that we can uh, also go out and pour out your love um, around us. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>